What up, guys? This is The Chase Down. I'm JP Carey, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Welcome back, guys. And today we're going to be talk tackling the NBA drama report. There's been a lot of drama going on in the league in the last week and a half or so, so me and Ben figured we'd touch on it for a little bit and inform you guys on our opinions and our thoughts about this, the topics. So... We weren't, on, we weren't planning on talking about this or bringing anything super political onto our podcast, but me and Ben think it's kind of necessary to talk about what happened at the Capitol building yesterday and how the NBA players reacted to it. So, Ben, you want to give a little blurb on this? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say too much other than there's a handful of guys who made really good points. Uh, Doc Rivers, Jalen Brown, Draymond Green have all said some pretty poignant things that I think are worth listening to about what happened. Um, The Celtics and Heat were close to canceling their game. They had discussions about it, but they both wrote statements about what happened. I like the unity from the league about there was discussions from a whole bunch of teams, Chris Paul's team as well. There were discussions about potentially canceling the game to send a message. And I think that would have been a fine call, but I like the fact that they were allowed to do that and they discussed it amongst themselves. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Thankfully our league is like our league, meaning the NBA is filled with super, super intelligent young black men and they know how to communicate to their audience and they know how to get their point across. And I, I just think we're very lucky to have, these athletes as the faces of that league because they're so intelligent they're so eloquent in the way they speak about these issues and they make it easy for everyone to understand whether you agree or disagree with them they make it so they get their point across and I'm just glad the NBA allows these players to voice their opinions on such a big platform absolutely yeah I want to say too Jalen Brown is a gem that dude for all the things he does well basketball wise he is just such a good dude off the court he's such a well-spoken dude I am the biggest fan of Jalen Brown yeah Celtics fans are definitely uh treated by him like he is the prototypical on and off the court player I mean he's great on the court he might be greater off the court honestly so yeah we wanted to touch on that briefly just to show our support to the NBA players and what their message is and We'll stand behind them, and we're thankful that we get to talk about them for fun and make a podcast for you guys. But now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about some drama that's been going on in the NBA. Um, So there's been a Marvin Bagley situation where his dad came out on Twitter and said, trade my son. And it was met by a remark by De'Aaron Fox's dad said, sure, go ahead. So what are your thoughts on this beef? So I, I hate so much helicopter parents in the NBA. Uh, yeah. Markel Fultz's mom is the same sort of way where she was all over his ass when he was a rookie. Yeah. Um, that shit is ridiculous. I wish, I know they're never, they're never going to do it, but I wish Marvin Bagley would come out to a press conference and just be like, yeah, my dad's got to shut his ass up. Like that's not his <laughs> place, yeah. but he's been doing that. His dad's been talking trash since before Luke Walton was a coach. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't help your kid, man. I don't understand it. I did like uh, De'Aaron Fox had a response to it that I thought was pretty good, where he basically just said, we get tweeted at us every hour of every single day. Like, if you can't handle a couple of tweets, you're in the wrong business. Yep. Um, there's some guys, though, that can't handle those kind of tweets. 
And I honestly, with just the shakiness of Marvin Bagley's start, I'd be worried that he's one of those dudes. Right. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where my mind goes as well. And I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. He, he said that Marvin Bagley's dad is basically LeVar Ball without the publicity. Like, <laughs> he's just as bad, but he just, no one cares about him. But um, that's what I was thinking too, Ben, when I heard this stuff. When I saw De'Aaron Fox's dad respond with like, go ahead, I kind of thought the same thing because I, when you watch Marvin Bagley play, he thinks he's like Chris Bosh or like some crazy athletic, like stretch four or five which is what he was projected to be. But as of right now, he's just not that. And he's a horrible defender too. And I was running through some of his numbers. He's shooting below 40% from the field as a seven footer. That's Still like- Still after yesterday's game? Yeah, it, that's hard to do. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if the, tr- the Kings will actually trade him. Probably not just because he's so young. But I think we're seeing some diva in Marvin Bagley a little bit. Like you saw him get the call. Like he was isolation against Christian Wood and then turned the ball over right away. Like he's got a little bit of diva in him. So, yeah, that was insane to me that his dad thought like, oh, if my son's somewhere else, the opportunity. No, like he's just not playing well. Give him a break. Yeah. So the the reason that tweet came about was because – uh, Luke Walton, instead of playing Marvin Bagley in the fourth quarter of a game, he rolled with Rashawn Holmes because mm-hmm. Rashawn Holmes was having a good game. Yep. And Bagley wasn't. Um, and I don't know, man. Yeah, his dad just thinks that Bagley is a number two pick, like as talented as a number two pick. And he just – we all knew when it happened it was not a good pick. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I think the Kings almost have to stick with him. They they bet so heavy on him. They almost have to rely – they have to keep putting their chips in and just keep hoping he's their guy. I don't know how long they're going to do it for, but it's got to be a full season. you got to at least see how he looks on your team for a full season before you ship him. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of sad because I was high on Marvin Bagley going into that draft. Obviously, Luca was my number one player, and uh, Aiton was my second, and then it was Bagley. But I still thought Bagley was going to be great. Um, he is what James Wiseman – he should have been what James Wiseman is. Like, that's yeah. how I pictured him, just, like, as this super athletic five who can get up and down the court and just, like, catch lobs and slam. But he, he hasn't reached his potential, and I don't think – I don't know if he ever will. I don't know. Maybe that's, like, too – early to tell but it's not looking great right now he had a good game yesterday uh they played the bulls they won 128 to 124 the bulls are an up and down team where they're not good but they are worse than what their talent says they should be correct um but yeah 21 and 12 he shot three of five from the three-point line yeah i don't think they're gonna use him as a number one or two or three option. Nope. Um, there might be games where he has a couple of 20, I, like I, I can see 20 and 10 happening a handful of times over the season, but they're not going to go to him over most people to score. Right. Um, so yeah, I really don't know. His ceiling was capped so much by the injuries he had. Yeah. Um, if they ship him, who, who wants him? That's the thing. His trade value is super low right now. And he's just like 
why would the Kings trade a player that's that young when you can still maybe squeeze something out of him and maybe get him to where you think he could be? But there's like, there really isn't an incentive to trade him right now. But with, with his dad saying that, you think like maybe there could be something in the works. And quickly, I want to touch on Rashawn Holmes. He's such a good player for them. Like he's just, he does what he needs to do and he's shooting above 60% from the floor. So like, I don't really know how you can compare the two right now. I mean, Marvin Bagley, he, he want like you said, he needs to be like the one or two option in his mind. Rashawn Holmes is fine being the fifth or sixth option. So yeah, they, Luke Walton's got some coaching to do and that's going to be a tricky situation to figure yeah, out. Yeah, man. Rashawn Holmes is awesome. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. He's got no ego. He just wants to help the team win. Uh, he's played fantastic for them. I, I wonder, Marvin Bagley won't ever reach his max potential on this team just because there's too many different options. Like, if he really believes that he could be a number two option, he can't do it on this team. Yeah. Um, with just the guard talent that they have, with Rashawn Holmes giving him battling for his minutes, I, I don't see a way that Marvin Bagley creeps into, like, the top three offensive options. Yeah, no, he's never beating out De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, or Tyrese Halliburton. He's just mm-hmm. never he's never going to beat any of those guys out for touches over them. So, yeah, so he's probably going to be a fourth option for his career, and obviously that's not what you want from a second overall pick, but it looks like they might have uh, swung and miss, missed on him. So Yeah, not a big surprise. Yeah, all right. So let's move on from Marvin Bagley in that situation, and let's get into Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was exposed to COVID, and he's going to miss four games minimum this week. Um, The first game they played without Kevin Durant, they played against the Jazz and beat them handedly with Kyrie and Jarrett Allen going off. So what are your thoughts about this, Ben? That, uh, it's it's unfortunate for sure to see KD out. I think it's a lot better than it could have been. He could have been positive. Um, and that would have been, I mean, obviously so much worse if he, if he had tested positive. So he did get off kind of light. Surprising to see the Nets just beat the brakes off the Jazz the other day. Um, they had bad offensive nights from a handful of the guys on the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that leads to it. But I, I'm less sure of this Nets team. Even after that win, I think losing Dinwiddie was bad for them, like real bad for them. Yep. Um, they got their next three games, which KD will be out for all of them, are against Philly, Memphis, and OKC. Yeah. And uh, their test against Philly will be a big one. I still expect them to lose. Yeah. But I would have loved to see KD healthy for this game. Yeah. It's a big game. Yeah, so I was just as shocked as you. Um, seeing them just smack the Jazz around. Like you said, like the Jazz didn't play that well, but for them to win by like 30, I think it was, and Kyrie did one of his crazy super efficient games, and Jared Allen just toasted Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. That was was crazy. It'll be tough for Steve Nash to keep him on the bench after that type of performance, I think, but... I don't know. They'll probably just put DJ out there because Kyrie and KD like him. I don't know. But yeah, no, this is a little concerning. Um, As the listeners know, I have the Nets as like the finals winner this season, and that's who I'm going to ride with. But 
it is definitely concerning to see that they're not even in the playoff right now because they've lost like four out of their last five and their defense is what we thought it was. Um, It's just KD is their best defender and he's coming off a torn Achilles. So Mm -hmm. it's a little tricky. I'm a little nervous about it. I don't want to put too much stock into it because like you said, their offense has gone tapered down as well because they lost Spencer Dinwiddie, which is obviously a great like fourth or fifth option on that team. So yeah, I I don't know. Kevin Durant being out for the week worries me a little. I think they'll probably lose to Philly but I think they'll probably handle the Grizzlies and OKC. I mean, those aren't like talented teams right now. Mm. So I think it won't affect their record this week, but in terms of the grand scheme of things, I think the uh, the Nets have some things to improve on for sure. I totally agree. I could honestly see the Nets losing to OKC. Uh, They are a scrappy team, man. I'm, I'm serious without KD. Um, they're just relying on Kyrie and Karis LeVert to carry their offense. Um, the Thunder are not a good offensive team, but they've been playing every team they play. They've been playing them pretty close. I don't know, man. Maybe that's a little ridiculous, but watching them against uh, – they beat the Heat – or the not the Heat, but the Pelicans. Yeah, and that, I don't know how. See, man, I think the Pelicans are worse than you think they are. But regardless – uh, I yeah, I expect them to beat the the Grizzlies because John Morant's still out. Yeah, and they're not a basketball team when John Morant's out. They're just a bunch <laughs> of guys. Yeah. Um, so, well, I need, I got I want to ask you though about the Nets. How yeah. does losing Spencer Dinwiddie affect their finals chances in your eyes? Is he out for the year? Yeah, and indefinitely. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it hurts it a lot for me. It does for me too. I th- I thought he was out for a couple weeks. I didn't know that it was a potentially season-ending thing. That's huge. That's huge, huge in my opinion. Because I mean, he knows how to run an offense. Like Karis Levert, if you give him the ball, he's just looking to score. Like that's just kind of his game. But Spencer Dinwiddie can actually run like the pick and roll and throw lobs to the centers and stuff like that. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I I would keep an eye on that. Those finals. That's huge. I don't know. I'll have to closely watch them from here on out because he's a pretty big piece for them. So, (laughs) damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, it's a painful one for them. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's move on from Kevin Durant and COVID and let's go to a beef that Shaq and Rudy Gobert have. Um, Shaq recently said like it's inspiring to little kids that they can grow up score 11 points in the nba and make 200 million dollars what's what's your opinion on that statement by by shaq i can't stand the insecurities from shaq when it comes to big men he never ever gives big men the props they deserve except for Jokic, because Jokic, you can't deny his greatness all around but just like Every year, man, Dwight Howard, he took, it took him forever to give him any respect. And even yeah. still, I don't know if there's any respect there, really. No, um, he, he just can't give talented bigs props because they're not as good as Shaq. Right. Uh, and that frustrates me. I thought it was funny. He retweeted a thing. Somebody called, uh, somebody called Rudy Gobert Baguette Biombo. 
Yeah. <laughs> After getting just his shit stuffed by Jared Allen and he retweeted that. Shaq is so petty. Yeah. And bad. I think it's funny, but like you're retired. If you were an active player shitting on another active player, I think that would be better than a retired player for as long as he's been retired, just clowning on guys still in the league. Right. And I actually want to get into that as well. Um, Cause Charles Barkley does the same thing. Like he has coined the term, the triple single mm-hmm. and he uses it to make fun of players like Draymond or Lonzo, anything like that. And Shaq and Chuck, like it feels like they get off on like making fun of players that play right now. I don't really, I don't know why that it brings them so much joy. And like you said, Shaq just shits on anyone who wasn't as good as him. Like how many players in league history have been as good as Shaq? Not many bigs, man. Dude. Not any bigs. He's like probably the most dominant big to play basketball. Right. Because in in my mind, I have him over Wilt Chamberlain. I think he would literally fuck Kareem. Like he would dominate Kareem in a one-on-one game. I think that would be – I mean, it's it's just offense on both sides. Shaq's not blocking a shot from Kareem, but Kareem's side, not stopping right. Shaq either. True. All right, so maybe that's a draw. Maybe yeah. that's a draw. But, like, body type, no one in league history matches Shaq's body type. It's just like, dude, there's maybe, like, four centers of all time that have been on your level. Like, relax on these guys. They're just trying to, like, make a living. But to Shaq's point, I agree with him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Rudy Gobert was overpaid. Because <laughs> what Jared Allen did to Rudy Gobert the other day is just inexcusable. It was rude. It Jared was... Allen is 22 years old, yeah. and he made the $200 million man look like a fool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Rudy Gobert certainly got overpaid, but it's not on Shaq to – Right. call him out like that or like you you can say it without being like oh man how inspirational that this <laughs> trash ass player is getting 200 million dollars right. there's better ways to go about it but that's just what Shaq does right I like I think when the signing happened we all kind of agreed like hey he's probably getting paid too much I think that was just kind of a universal thought about mm-hmm. that contract but I think there was also a universal agreement that what were they supposed to do? Like, if he leaves, is Utah, like, signing a marquee free agent? No. No no one's leaving, like, L.A., New York, Miami, any of those places to go to Utah. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. So they have to keep their homegrown talent, whether they overpay or not. Yeah, that's the small market curse, man. You kind of have to. So Shaq is right. Like, the dude, he's – the whole point of basketball is to put the ball in the hoop as many different ways as you can. And he literally can only dunk. That's like his offensive game. And he's getting paid $200 million. It is kind of like mind boggling, but I don't know if it's Shaq's place to like kind of dig at him all the time. Like, dude, just relax. All right. Yeah. I don't think he's going to stop either. Um, I, I think Gobert had a good enough response, which is just like, man, I don't care. Like let him talk his trash. Right. Um, and that's all you can really do to Shaq. If you try to give into that, he's just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like a, like a fifth grade bully, man. You got to just pretend like it doesn't phase you and then it'll stop. Yeah. It's, it is weird. Like you're right. It does. It seems like it stems from like insecurity from Shaq, which makes no sense to me. Like 
you're one of the five best centers of all time. Like you have, I think he's close to being a billionaire now because of all of his investments and like chains. Wouldn't be surprised. Like what is there for Shaq to really worry about other than like how he's perceived? Mm. I think everyone perceives him as like the most dominant big man to maybe ever play. So like, what is, what fuels him to do that? I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you, man. And that, that stuff always used to frustrate me with Dwight. Um, Cause he just never gave him the credit that he deserved. And prime Dwight Howard was an animal. Ridiculous. Yeah. Not the same dude anymore, but he used to clown on JaVale McGee too. I mean, it's, it's funny when it's not happening to the people that you like. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't see Shaq ever stopping that, but I wish that he would. It's, it's too much. Yeah, I agree. It, it's a little too much, but we'll, we'll definitely keep the listeners updated on the uh, beef. And if it grows or if it gets squashed, we'll let you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the next topic, something I'm super excited to talk about, the expansion rumors. I am so excited that these have popped up. And I, I'm just going to take this one right away because I'm Go super it. about it. Seattle was robbed. They were, their NBA team was stolen from them and moved to OKC. And that sucks. Like, I can't even imagine if the Celtics one day were, like, pulled away from Boston and, like, moved to another. I just couldn't even fathom what that would be like. So Seattle needs a team back. And expansion rumors have just popped up. And the finances, I got a little bit into the finances about it all. And I want to explain this to the viewers, which is super interesting. So with Corona going on right now, the league is taking a huge hit in terms of debt. They're going to hit like a pretty massive debt spike because of the loss of attendance and stuff like that. With the expansion teams, the added revenue that the teams would bring into the league, the new expansion teams, like let's just say the Seattle Supersonics and like the Las Vegas, whatever, right? those two teams, it equals or would be very close to the same amount of debt they have. So it would just cancel out what Corona has done to the league financially. That is even more incentive to bring new teams into the fold. Just give Seattle their team back. And then Las Vegas is slowly becoming a sports town with the King, uh, the Knights, the Las Vegas Knights. And now they have a, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The Raiders. That's right. So I'm so I, I'm just more teams the better honestly more players to root for I'm just excited and I think that would be great if Seattle got their own franchise again yeah I have a, a couple of points first is that Seattle is a an a incredible basketball town their basketball fans are top-notch mm-hmm. um there's like not every crowd has great fans Boston has really loud fans. Madison Square Garden's got really loud fans. Seattle's in the top five. Yeah. Um, they they absolutely – yeah, they don't even have a team. They don't even have a team. Um, they absolutely deserve to have a team again. Yeah. And the other point is that we're kind of at a point right now in the league where there's so much parity and there's so much – like one through 14 seeds in the East and West are all pretty good. Yeah. Um. And that doesn't happen very much. So I wouldn't be surprised if now's the time where they pull the trigger and some of those teams just fall back into shittiness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not very often you see a lot of parody in the NBA. So, I mean, right now is a good time for it. Do you think, 
I, so you looked into this more than I did. Is Vegas the second location or is it just, we're probably, we're certainly going back to Seattle and we're figuring out a place number two. So Seattle is like guaranteed is basically what I've heard from like the articles I've read and whatever and the research I've done, like Seattle is guaranteed. The NBA only moved away from Seattle because they didn't have a stadium that was fit for NBA games anymore. They thought the stadium was too old and wasn't like fancy enough pretty much to hold an NBA arena. So they decided to move to OKC, but now they have that in Seattle. So that was the only reason they left. So like it's a hundred percent, they go back. And then for Las Vegas, like I was saying, they're bec- this is just my guess, but they're becoming a sports town with the Raiders and with the Knights. And those two teams have pretty big fan bases. So I wouldn't be surprised to see like a baseball team if they ever do an expansion again and a basketball team go to Las Vegas too. So those are my two guesses. Um, but yeah, I just... How cool would it be to see one an expansion draft? I've always wanted to be able to see an expansion draft, so that would be pretty sick. And there have been teams with expansion drafts that have had instant success, which is so cool to me. Like players that teams are okay with letting go, kind of like turn it around and make a team successful. Like I know that was the story for the Knights in hockey their first year, they made it to the finals, I think. So I would love to see that in basketball. I'm super excited about this idea and hopefully they can work it out soon. Yeah, man, that would be, that'll be awesome. If there's any guaranteed talk about that, we'll have to have a discussion about, I think you're allowed seven players that you get to keep on your roster. Yeah. Um, We'll have to go through our teams and pick the top seven that we'd keep. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, you could, I could definitely see like, some a team like the Pistons wanting to get rid of Blake Griffin, yeah, um, because he's just not worth the money you pay him. So you get a couple of overpriced guys, a couple of young guys, and you yeah. could make something happen. I would be that would be really really exciting. Yeah, and I just think it adds juice to the league too. Like a counter argument for expansion is always it will water down the league a little bit, but I don't. I mean. Look at the East from last year, right? That was horrible. All those teams were trash and no one cared about them. So the league, in my opinion, is already pretty like watered down. The bottom is horrible in the East. But you see like a a monopoly on talent on some of these franchises. And that's just how basketball works. Some team's going to have three stars while one team has zero. And that's just how the league works. So I, I mean, the more teams, the merrier. Give, give people a chance to root for a basketball team in their home state. You know what I mean? Just bring more fans into the fold. I think it'd be great for the game. Yeah, I agree. And right now, I mean, we won't know how the records for each team will turn out by the end of the year. But it seems right now like there's a lot of teams in the good to average category. Mm-hmm. And you definitely don't want to have an expansion if your bottom five teams in a conference are just dog shit, which isn't what we're seeing right now. Um, The Pistons are bad, but pretty much everybody else in the East is holding their own to some extent. I mean, the Pistons even beat the Celtics, so they they have talent. So I think, yeah, now would be the perfect time for it. Yeah, the like, these are some of the bottom teams in the East. And like, you tell me if they're not talented, 
Atlanta is out of the playoffs right now. Clearly, they're talented. Mm-hmm. Chicago, we've talked about them plenty. They have talented pieces. They just can't put it together. Mm-hmm. Miami, they were in the finals last year. Charlotte, bless you. Um, Sh- Charlotte has Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. Like, they, all these teams, even Toronto, who's one in six right now, who's struggling, they do have Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and whether or not you think Pascal is like a good player or not is up to you, but they have him. So like you were alluding to, like there is depth and talent in the league right now. And why not just bring two more teams into the fold and like make, maybe make the draft like one round longer or something. I don't know. Just get more players into the league, give more people opportunity. I, I don't really see how there's like a bad side to putting more teams into the league. Yeah, the only time it's bad is if there's lots of bad teams. Like, you just add two teams who are going to be garbage on top of the already garbage teams. That's not what anybody wants. But, yeah, if there's any time to do it, it's right now. Um, We didn't – so I want to switch up to a different topic. We didn't actually put this on our list, but uh, Markel Fultz tore his ACL. Yes. And is potentially out for the season. Yes. which was just devastating news, man. I'm, I'm glad he got his extension before yeah. this happened. Yep. But I, I, I think he'll be okay when he comes back. Yep. I hope he uses this offseason to really mechanically figure out that shot. Yep. But, yeah, man, that, that crushed me seeing that news. On top of Jonathan Isaac, the magic of just not having good luck, man. I thought the same thing. Uh, I was instantly, my mind went to, thank goodness this kid got his money before this happened. Like, I was just so happy that he got his extension because that sucks if you're, like, in a contract year and you have a devastating injury like that. Like, that could put you at league minimum. Mm -hmm. Like, you could be getting paid nothing pretty much. So, I was super glad he got his extension. And that injury was ugly, man. Like, that – it gave me the chills when I saw it. I, it just could not have happened to like a better person. You know what I mean? Like I just felt so bad that it was happening to him. Like he had already been through all that drama with his shoulder injury and like how long it took him to figure that out. I just, it crushed me when I figured out he uh, tore his ACL. And like you said, with Jonathan Isaac too, man, the magic are snake bitten this year, it seems. Yeah, they really are. The, uh, there isn't an upside, but Cole Anthony is going to get a lot of minutes now. Yep. Um, so I think, I mean, that'll be good for him. I, I wonder if he's really good, if he starts playing like a really talented basketball player, which he hasn't been so far, but it's hard to transition into a point guard game. Sure. Um, does Markel Fultz lose his starting spot next season? Do you think there's a chance that Cole Anthony's that good? I actually do. I do. And I spoke about it a little bit before the season even started. Um, he's just made to score. That's what his game is. He's not really – he's more of a – he's more of like a two-guard masquerading as a one. Like he's kind of made to shoot, and he doesn't really like assist the ball or pass the ball super well, but he's a good scorer. Mm-hmm. So I think there's potential that he could really find his groove scoring-wise. Maybe not on the highest efficiency, but he could show some potential at like scoring 15, 16 points per game potentially. And I don't know, Markel, he would, 
who would you choose over that? Like, if if Cole Anthony scored 16 points a game the rest of this season, and then you just paid Markel, what is it, 50 million over four years or something? So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I see. It's a it's a tough question. I almost feel like you could run both of those guards at the same time because Markel is such a good facilitator and he's really good at just running an offense yeah um you're right yeah cole anthony is a short two guard kind of a cj Mm mccollum-esque um and you need a taller point guard to pair with him markel fultz is six four i think i think you're right yeah so i there could be success running them at the one and the two i think evan fournier is on the last year of his contract so they might so they might not want to stick with him I think he's going to opt in, though. I think it's a player option. I'm not gotcha. sure, but I'll, I'll do some research later, but I, I, I'm not sure about that. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I could see Cole Anthony having a Kobe White-esque rookie year. Right, yes. Um, yeah. so a handful of really high-scoring games on good efficiency, but mostly just a shot chucker. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that's probably his projection now. But I would hope, if, if that's what it is, I hope they have Markel and uh, Cole Anthony together next season. Yeah, it, it just sucks. That couldn't have happened to a better person. And I just feel bad for the guy. He'll figure it out, though. Hopefully he can get healthy for next season. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all for today. That mm-hmm. is the NBA Drama Report. Thank you guys for listening. Ben, any closing words? Oh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. All right, guys, peace.